Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. We're your hosts, Bucks and Brian. Coming to the mic, as always, whether we get green arrows or the alternative. But this week, we're in good spirits, despite Chelsea really crushing our souls with some terrible performances. Brian, we're both on green arrows. Thank the Lord. Yeah, that's right, Bucks. We needed some green arrows to offset this absolutely embarrassing week of Chelsea football. Tough to let seven goals go into the back of our net and a really tough Champions League match versus Real Madrid today as well. So let's uh, let's focus on FPL, which keeps me in high spirits. For sure. And on this episode, we are going to recap a small double game week 31 now that we have Everton versus Burnley in the books. And so we can close the chapter on game week 31, looking ahead to regular game week 32, which is starting in short order with the first match. Another early Newcastle kickoff. I feel like we say this uh, every time there's Friday footy. It's always one of these piss poor teams that they just sucker you into watching. And so Wolves will be traveling to Newcastle for that one. Friday footy reminder to get your transfers in and select your team captains and starting 11 as soon as possible. Uh, so we have a quick turnaround. Let's uh, let's get right into it, Brian. How'd you do in game week 31? Bucks, I'm flying once again. Very excited to have a, another solid green arrow. I shaved another 28% off of my rank and I'm now up to 26K overall. So the the incredible of Brian, bravo let's uh let's take a quick victory lap i think you buried the lead because you might also be top of the table in the fpl blues podcast super league so uh just kudos to my co-host he's having a dream season of fpl uh 31 weeks through yeah definitely optimistic for the run-in i'm sure i'll find a way to mess it up as uh as I always do, but we'll talk about my crazy transfer ideas later, Bucks. This is a huge week for me. I had back-to-back, back-to-back 10K green arrows, and once again, I feel like I'm in a good groove. The brilliance of Spurs, the triple up has really delivered for me, and I got 30 points from the likes of Sun, Kane, and Doherty coming in huge with a 14-pointer for my side, Sun with 12, Kane 4, and then Elsewhere across my side, I transferred in Laporte for Saiz. Saiz was benched. Laporte gets a clean sheet for six points. I like that. Elsewhere, Rudiger gets a non-traditional six-pointer from a 40-yard uh, Galazzo that he scored and uh, opened up the attack for Chelsea, then went very, very quickly downhill from there, but six points from him. And then I got some assists from a couple of players that are very much differentials. Gordon today versus Burnley gets a cheeky uh fpl assist for drawing the penalty and then i actually the kind of hours before the game week deadline i just moved tony in front of broja as my first bench slot and he comes in with five points and an assist versus chelsea so all in all a very productive week the only bummers were arsenal they they really dropped the ball versus crystal palace and then salah captain you know six points he blanks Everybody captained him really in the top 10 to top 100K. So it really didn't make any difference. But overall, 63 points, big green arrow, happy days. You're just outside the top 25K with a number of double game weeks. We both have two free hit chips. I feel like you're really well positioned to uh, chase that top 10K. 
And, you know, really even more so, I feel like you could be on for your best ever FPL finish, which would be, I believe, 8K overall. Uh, it's not it's not outside the realm of possibilities. Looking to my team, it's a little bit darker, a uh, little less upside. We're farther from the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. But I also had a good green arrow game week. I ended up on 58 points. I made two free transfers that were, I thought were really upside chasing moves. They ended up not turning out as much of a uh, of a return as I hoped in the short term. I moved off Lucas Dean and Oli Watkins for Ianacho and Reese James. Uh, Reese James comes in with a substitute appearance. Chelsea were just giving up goals left and right. So he ends up on zero points, uh, one less than Lucas Dean, who actually featured, but then went off within 20 minutes with uh, re-injury of his leg. Uh, that's a bummer. And then Watkins actually scores a great goal. Uh, he ends up on nine points, gets a good return for Villa. Finally, he seems to now be in form. Uh, but Ianacho, I relegated him to my third bench spot. And he had a sublime performance for Leicester. He's someone who I think I'm on early and is going to be my week in, week out striker option uh, from now until the end of the season. He's a lock in my team, I think, uh, every match week from here on to the finish. So I end up with a 20K green arrow to 158,000 overall. And uh, yeah, I just feel very fortunate that Doherty was able to come in for a rested Trent Alexander Arnold for 14 massive points. And uh, yeah, Bucks, that let's talk about that. That specifically saved your game week because without that, maybe you're on 10 less points or thereabouts. Like that, that was huge performance from Doc. And he actually played left back in that game, which is not uh, obviously his common side. So great to see him filling in that space and really, you know, Spurs are on a roll. So very impressive for a 4.7, 4.9 million pound assets to be bringing in 14 huge points for you off your bench. Yeah, we'll talk about Doherty a little bit later in the episode, uh, but just feel very fortunate. Uh, as you mentioned, Sala Blank, I thought there would be a lot of players that were on Kane or Son as their captain, and it really wasn't as much of a drop as I expected. And so I feel just very fortunate to kind of escape Double game week 31 unscathed. Let's move it forward. And, uh, you know, we should just highlight quickly before we continue to talk about things in the future, who smashed it this game week. And we have a manager of the game week, and we also have some honorable mentions. Sure. Manager of the game week goes to Adib Hernandez and his team, Barai United. He tops the scoring in double game week 31 with a massive 86 points. He chose to go with a double game week captain, not named Weghorst, but he went with Richarlison instead. And Richarlison went crazy today. He had 14 points off of two penalty kicks, and then he got some other points, I think, earlier in the game week. So he ends up with 17 points times two, 34. So really impressive. Then he also had KDB and Son and Jota in the midfield with no Mo Salah. So very differential midfield with the likes of KDB and Jota in there. So well done for an 86 point haul. And then I think we also have one of our mainstay uh, banter buddies, Eamon Sala, his side, Los Solsadores, 73 points. And he also had Richarlison as a differential. So well done to those who backed Richarlison because there wasn't much banter about him before this game week. Everyone was like, oh, get Weghorst in, get Weghorst in. Wedgie, Wedgie boy ends up with 
three points. Once again, a huge letdown. So I'm glad that we, at least this time, Bucks did not fall into that trap of captaining a player on such a poor attack. Although somehow <laughs> you had him in your side. Burnley scores three goals. You would have expected to get more than two points today from him, right? <laughs> he is just the most frustrating FPL player. Uh, he is a total trap. And I think I've been through the forest of having every single one of these frustrating forward options from Denny. Uh, I had Edward, I have Veghorst, I have Broja. I mean, I keep just missing them for their hauls and getting them in kind of the game week after. And I'm stubborn. I just can't get rid of Veghorst because he has another double game week still to come in 33. So he has one more match than many of his other uh, kind of budget-friendly striker options. But he is just totally not involved. He had a total XG of 0.02. I mean, he was like... Almost oh, outside the top 150 FPL players uh, for highest XG. And he had two matches, whereas a lot of other players had one uh, total uh, head exploding performance from him and really impressive win and gutsy performance from Burnley, considering, uh, you know, they got some much needed points against Everton in this relegation desperation battle. Let's talk more about that when we come back from our first break. All right, we're back from break. We just want to share some of the announcements that have been made in the Premier League schedule with the official double game week 36 and 37 teams now announced. There will be a few fixtures yet to be post or yet to be scheduled as we also have the likes of Champions League and FA Cup ties to come into this, but right now Bucks, why don't we start with game week 36 as we have I think 10 teams that have doubles. Very impressive here for game week 36. So breaking news, as Brian said, double game week 36 has been announced and confirmed, and it is as promised. It is absolutely massive. 10 teams, this is going to be tied for the largest Ooh. double game week of the season. And there are some really heavy hitting teams in the mix for this one, which makes it especially appealing. Arsenal, they get Leeds and Tottenham. Villa, they get Burnley, Liverpool. Chelsea, finally, they get to make up some fixtures. Wolves and Leeds, yum, yum. Everton, Leicester, and Watford, also potentially yum, yum. Leicester have Everton and Norwich. Oh, my gosh. Leeds, Arsenal, Chelsea, ugh. Liverpool, Tottenham, and Villa. I mean, that's still pretty good. Norwich, total stay away. Won't even get into that. Tottenham, Liverpool, and Arsenal, ugh. And Watford, Crystal Palace, and Everton. Hmm. Interesting from a relegation perspective. And what's most notable is that some of these teams that play double game week 36 also are rumored to now have double game week 37. So they're going to be playing four matches in the span of most other teams playing max three, let alone two. And that includes Aston Villa. They're going to have Crystal Palace and Burnley as double game week 37. Chelsea have Man United and Leicester, I mean, those look great. Both those teams, I think, have great fixtures on paper. And lastly, excuse me, and then we have Everton, who have Brentford and Crystal Palace, and Leicester, who have Watford and Chelsea. So I know that's a lot to digest, but the big takeaway is that Chelsea now have scheduled fixtures. So you should be prioritizing moves to make sure that you have coverage for Man City, for Chelsea, for Liverpool, and Tottenham and Arsenal might be teams to 
let go in the short term so that you're set up as good as possible for these back-to-back double game weeks. Just uh, that's my quick takeaway here. Yeah, I'd also add Lester into that. You want to have one of those Lester midfielders because they're going to have three double game weeks between 33 and 37. Uh, they're also in Europa, so that could you know, instigate some rotation from Brendan Rodgers. But overall, lots of doubles coming down the pipeline. I think, Bucks, I know you gave it a yuck for Tottenham, but uh, they have their double versus Liverpool, and then they have their home match versus Arsenal. And after this past weekend where we saw Arsenal drop points and Tottenham have a huge 5-1 victory. You know, this potential North London derby could be a huge, huge, uh, you know, match in this double game week. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But too long, didn't read, too long, didn't listen. Overall, we have Chelsea, Villa, Leicester, and Everton. Those are the four teams that have back-to-back double game weeks in 36 and 37. So definitely teams to earmark for sure. And I think when you're looking at this many games in such a short period, you really want to try and pick the most nailed players. So somebody like Rudiger from Chelsea could be a a good shout versus a wingback. And, uh, you know, we can also look at some of the other defenders, maybe, you know, from, from Villa, but uh, lots of fixtures to come. And we're, we're expecting, I mean, some of the rumors that I'm seeing, a lot of the projections are showing 150 plus points potentially in game week. 36, especially if you have your bench boost. So it could really be one of the most massive game weeks we've ever seen. So I'm jacked about it. Let's get all those points, Bucks. Make it rain. Yeehaw. I totally agree. And what I'm most excited for is I really think that this is going to add a crazy amount of chaos and just an added pressure to both the relegation battle and the European chase uh, at the top of the table. Because as you mentioned, Tottenham play Arsenal in the second match of Spurs' double game week after a brutal match against Liverpool. How are their players going to be feeling? Are they going to be rested? That North London derby is always such a massive game. Uh, So, you know, both those teams need to stay focused in the short term so that they don't lose sight of the fact that they really need every possible point from here on to the end of the season. As does Chelsea, and really we're going to see and we're going to discuss it Right now, the largest match of the season is coming up as we look ahead to game week 32. And that's notable because Liverpool and City are both looking strong in Champions League. They're both still in the FA Cup and they are neck and neck going for the Premier League title. Liverpool are still have the chance to have the quadruple, an achievement that's never been accomplished uh, by any Premier League team. So uh, kudos to both those clubs at the top. They are having dream seasons, and uh, it's all going to come and crescendo in game week 32, where Liverpool travel to the Etihad uh, Sunday afternoon kind of feature match. We're going to be together for it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. It might be a single uh, basic game week 32, but I am I am living right now. Bucks, this matchup is is something, whether you have FPL assets or not, this is going to be one of the matchups of the entire season. It'll likely determine the potential winner of the Premier League this year. And you and I, for the first time in eight years, are going to be in the flesh together at the Black Horse in Brooklyn. Uh, We're going to be meeting up with some other folks in the FPL community, including the always cheating lads who host the great podcast and have been FPL content creators in the U S for a long time. So we're excited to meet them 
And man, I, I can't wait to have a, have a beer and watch this match and be yelling at the TV with you. Me too. And I think that tensions are going to be really high because all the other teams will have already played in game week 32. So you will know kind of what's going on in the rest of the title race, as well as competition for third and fourth place when this match kicks off. And I think there's going to be a lot of nerves for FPL managers because so many of us, myself included, have loaded up on Liverpool assets. Maybe we're short on Man City assets. So there's going to be a a big FPL contingent that's heavily backing Liverpool as they travel to the Etihad. And there's going to be a lot of potential brave differential FPL managers who have loaded up on City and are really going differential, potentially even as far as maybe captaining KDB, who's in massive form, as opposed to Mo Salah, who's going to be a popular captain as he is every game week, but is really sputtering at this moment in time. Yeah, Buck, so let's take a look further at this match specifically as part of our game week 32 preview. The match being at the Etihad definitely gives them a little bit of a leg up. I expect this to be a relatively high scoring game. I think it could be anywhere from 3-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2. I think there's definitely goals in this match as both teams are going to be trying to counterpunch and really uh, put points up on the board, knowing that this is such an important match. And from an FPL perspective, honestly, I think it's a lottery. We've seen these two sides. um, I think I was reading a stat the other day. It was like of the last 24 times they've met, there's only been five total clean sheets in those matches. So we will likely leave this match with a team getting all three points. And from an FPL perspective, it's hard to call it, right? Like Salah in the reverse fixture when he was in sublime form to start the season, he had 13 points and looked phenomenal. But given his form recently, good shout. And overall, it's it's you know, we see that Liverpool is starting to rely on their other attacking players. Mane scored a goal recently in UCL. Jota had a goal and assist in the last week's match versus Watford. Then Luis Diaz is also scoring. So those other guys seem to be in a good groove, whereas Salah is coming off of, you know, disappointment of AFCON plus not making the World Cup, having lasers pointed in his eyes, and then a really a bunk performance versus Watford. They took him out of the game, surprisingly. Hodgins, Hodgins did a great job there. But I don't know, Bucks, what, what are you thinking? You think it's going to be a high-scoring affair? I think both teams are going to be going for it. So I'm expecting it to be a wildly exciting match, even for casual fans of the Premier League and international football in general. This is definitely the fixture and the match to watch. Uh, It's probably the most exciting thing going on this weekend. And, you know, I'm expecting there to be goals. I would not be benching any player that I have from either of these teams. I'm just of the mind that I think you start your best players and TAA, Rabo, Sala, Laporte, Cancelo, KDB, Foden. I'd be riding with all these guys because they're the best players in FPL and they're the best players in world football for a reason. And these clubs are going to go for it. So I'm expecting goals. I'm expecting an end-to-end affair where there's a lot of harsh tackles. There's a lot of uh, kind of shithousery at the end of the game by whoever's winning. Uh, I expect this to be an amazing watch, and I'm so excited that we're going to be doing it in person at a bar, kind of uh, really going back to normal following the last two years of COVID and the last couple of years of us uh, living in different locales. So super excited for this match for sure. Yeah, and just thinking about what could be the difference in a match like this, there's going to be so much pressure put on these defenders and these defensive midfielders given the 
absolute amazing talent and both of these midfields and front lines. And I, I really think it might come down to one team just making a really bad mistake because they've had constant pressure on them in the whole game. Maybe a back pass goes short. Maybe a goalkeeper has an errant, um, you know, block. I, I really think it's going to come down to one of those shifting the complete momentum of the game. And um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but very, very excited for sure. And I just think both teams know what they need to achieve. They're going to go in and they want the three points. I, I don't think either team is going to be satisfied walking out with uh, one point and a draw. Uh, some of the lineups are going to be, you know, very interesting to see. Um, obviously Pep rotates a ton, but it'll be interesting to see who he puts up against this uh, very stout defense from Liverpool. Yeah, let's move on to some of the other best matchups to target this weekend, game week 32. That is Man United traveling to Everton. That is just a team that cannot get a result if their life depended on it. I thought they put in a really good first half uh, in this second game of the double game week against Burnley. I also think they competed nicely against West Ham. And interestingly, they blew it. They, They didn't get a single point from their double game week, really frustrating. And I imagine Frank Lampard is furious at some of the way his defenders have played. And the fact that his predecessor, Rafa Benitez, sold their best defender for a bag of chips and gravy. I mean, it's absurd the fact that Lucas Dean was put out to pasture from this team in place of John Joe Kenny. Are you you serious? I mean, what a terrible (laughs) managerial, what a terrible move by the front office to just leave the cupboard barren. That's why they, they they got rid of him. They fired him. They brought Frank in. But unfortunately, when we look at Everton, they've been the worst team in European football in the top five leagues since October 1st. This is a long, sustained period of poor performances from Everton. And they've only picked up 12 points since that date. That is crazy to think about, given the history uh, that Everton like had. Season. I know you, That's a half yeah, season. Yeah, it, it's 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 really frustrating for for Lampard and he obviously cannot find the right buttons to push for that team so uh, they have to be targeted so i think this is a match especially looking at potential man united assets heading into their double game week in 32 it might be the time to punt on one of these players knowing that they're going to basically play relegation battling everton and then play norwich back to back and then they'll play liverpool uh, as well in that double game week so Lots of potential uh, fixtures for Man United assets to make a quick appearance in your team. Don't go overboard, but one of their attackers like a Bruno or a Sancho could be very interesting to have in this stretch. Yeah. One quick thing that we should note here in the podcast is if you are thinking about using a free hit chip in game week 33, you cannot save or roll a transfer. So you have to make a move this game week. You're not going to get credit for it coming out into game week 34. So some sideways attacking moves, some punts, we might say, would be like moving Sun to Bruno Fernandez this game week, and then you free hit, you might bring Bruno back in, or you might have him and another man United player. Again, there's ways to kind of get one more game week up on the free hitters and set your team up to be super aggressive. So that's a move I've been tinkering with. I don't have enough funds, um, but there are some other matches in game week 20, like Arsenal, they're hosting Brighton. Brighton haven't scored a goal in ages. Neil Mape missed he almost missed this the stands behind the goal on that penalty kick he took. It was so bad. Yeah, that 
that penalty would have been good from 50 American yards in uh, NFL. That was, that was a brutal one to watch him miss that. I think Brighton had like over 25 shots and they still managed zero goals versus a relegation bound Norwich side. Yeah. He, if he would have taken that penalty as a goal kick, it still would have sailed over the goal for reference. Uh, And then Chelsea, they go to Southampton. Southampton are not allowed to play with Armando Broja. That's important as he's kind of bench fodder or a budget option in many FPL teams. So he should be locked in as your third bench spot going into this match or else transferred out to a budget enabler. Maybe you go all the way down to a guy like Gelhard on Leeds, who's 4.6 million now, save a couple shekels on that transaction. Last match, we do want to call out Tottenham at Villa. Villa are clearly on the beach. They no longer have anything to play for. Coutinho is a player that, despite having some upcoming double game weeks, like we mentioned, in 36 and 37, probably the move is to sell him now and maybe bring him back in at a later date. He's not going to price rise uh, because he's not going to be a popular target in the aggregate based on his already very high ownership coming out of double game week 29 when he really uh, lit the world on fire. So those are our four fixtures that we really want to shout out in addition to the heavyweight battle at the top of the table. Yeah, it's really interesting looking at the captaincy this week that a lot of these matches uh, have captain options that are in away matches. So we're looking at the likes of Spurs, perhaps Liverpool, Chelsea, these are some of the top assets for captaincy and they're all going to be in a, a way fixture. So we've also seen, I think just looking at Kane, he's really done well away from home, whereas Sun has lit it up at home. So I think this could be a good week for captaincy on Kane when we're looking at some of these fixtures, but uh, let's take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit more about what we're thinking for transfers and captaincy heading into a regular standard game week 32. We'll be right back. All right, we're back from break. Let's get into transfer thoughts and captaincy selection. Brian, you are the more exciting case study this game. And I think we're both kind of in alignment that we're no longer thinking of free hit 33 as the best course of action for our teams. Why don't you discuss who's on your watch list and why you're thinking of kind of skipping free hit 33? I I only have one free transfer this week, but I'm probably going to make a move and bring in two new players. So Ah, with that being said, I think a lot of our podcasts the last probably month or even two months have really focused on when the double game weeks were going to land. And I had really marked game week 33 as a potential uh, good shout to free hit. Now looking at the schedule and looking at the really the, form in which my single game week players are in, especially looking at the likes of Kane and Sun. Those are guys that have good single game week matchups. They're playing Brighton and in a budget wise, you know, do I want to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo for a double instead of owning Harry Kane, who's in absolute great form? I mean, I know he only had four points this game week, but he was almost man of the match. He, his passing and his vision was absolutely insane. And a couple players on his team missed big chances that would have put him on uh, another assist and surely bonus points. But uh, so anyway, I, I've really decided to likely free hit in game week 36 and then actually free hit in the final game week of the season in game week 38, where there are a ton of juicy fixtures. And that was a, a shout from Bucks in a private message that I kind of uh, incepted my mind, chin my mind 
And now I'm, I'm all in, I think, on that idea instead. So I'm going to aim to have four or five double game week players in game week 33. And I think that's that's enough. Um, and then I'll try and really hit the lottery on that last day of the season where we're going to have a good idea of who's playing, who's not playing, if there are any stakes um, you know, to be played for. And so that's my strategy, Bucks. And uh, I have to thank you for that one. Yeah, I think the issue with free hit in 33 is, as you mentioned, a lot of the best players in the Premier League have single game weeks. So you're really chasing differentials and punts on the fringes. And what that means is that a lot of teams are already well set up with their best players having appealing matches in game week 33, despite the double game week. So, um, you know, you mentioned Man United, they play Norwich, but then they play Liverpool as the second match of their double game week. So you're really chasing kind of one good match and one not so good match. And that's the case for many of the teams that double game week, at least many of the good teams that double game week. So, you know, you could target Newcastle for St. Maximin, Shar, and Dubrovka because they play cupcake double game weeks, but you know, that ceiling is way less than if Kane or Sala or Bruno were to haul. So again, you're going to be setting your team up with a lot of punty players. And I just thought that, you know, because I blew my bench boost a couple of game weeks ago to ill effect, I really wish now that I had recognized that maybe going into 33 without using my free hit and using my bench boost would have been the best course of action for my team. So a little frustrating, and I can understand where you're coming from. 38 just tends to be such a crapshoot that if you have this second free hit, it could be a way to really just remake your team on the fly with players like Saka or James or Rudiger being rested because there's nothing to play for for those clubs anymore. So it's just really important. Brian, you brought it up. So I'm just giving credence to my idea that maybe free hit 38 is really the way to one up the competition and to kind of chase as well as protect a lead in FPL. So I really like that whether you're behind a bunch like I am, I'm off the lead by about 150 points, or if you are at the top, like you are to use it more as a shield. So uh, I rate that. And that means that you're probably going to want to be using your transfers from here on out to set your team up. Yeah. Looking at double game week 33, a lot of players and managers have three arsenal players, so they all double. And so those are a good foundation for your team. And then if you can bring in a Barnes or a Madison, they have the most attractive double for 33, but again, they have some Europa games. So we have to pay attention to the rotation that might happen. Manchester United is just a strong case for bringing in one of their players because they're out of champions league. They have nothing else to play for other than trying to, you know, rise as best they can in the standings. So I think those assets like a Bruno, like a Ronaldo, those guys are going to be trotted out for both matches. And that is something that could be a little bit of a differential, but if you have five or six, double game week players. I think that would be strong. I have Broja at the moment. He's a player that's actually on my chopping block because he's had maybe seven or eight blanks in a row and Southampton went through their little hot stretcher, but now are clearly on the beach as they deserve to be. They put in a you know good stretch of matches, seven or eight in a row where they were getting results in FA cup plus the premier league, but now they're completely on the beach as well. So I'm looking to get off of him. So ultimately bringing this all the way back to my plan for game week 32, I'm really eyeing this Everton match for Manchester United. 
Obviously, Sun is one of my favorite players, and I just got his kit for my birthday. Shout out to my lovely fiance. But I, I really think I might take his two huge double-digit hauls of 12 and 15 points and uh, you know set him off into the sunset. And for me, looking at maybe, like you said, Bucks, there are a few opportunities. We only have seven transfers left for the rest of the season to try and get ahead of things. And I know you've, you're, you're already doubled up on Chelsea defense. That is looking a little shakier than it was oh, probably supposed oh, to be. Oh, man. But with that being said, you know, people are going to be trying to shift some of their assets to City after this game week 32 matchup versus, um, versus Liverpool. And so I'm really focused on, okay, what can I bring in for specifically that double that's coming up? And my eyes are on James Madison and on Bruno. And so those are the two players that I'm eyeing up for a hit. I think this week, given how poor Everton looked and have looked for months, I think that Manchester United could really have one of those games where they score three or four goals and maybe give up one or two, but they, they have a high-scoring affair. And so I think uh, Bruno's also, he, he took a number of shots in the last game. He got an FPL assist, and then he also just had a brace for Portugal and helping them qualify for World Cup. So I, I like, like his form, and I think... That's a player that I'm going to kind of mark as my differential for this game week and then um, just hopefully make up the minus four. So at my rank, um, just to tie this up, each hit is about a 3000 place rank uh, change. So that is a lot because, you know, when you're under 50K, all these uh, points matter. But I think getting ahead of this and then using Fernandez as a captain potentially in double game week could be my routes. And then what I'm planning to do long-term in 34 is bring KDB in for him who has Watford and then plays Leeds in back-to-back game weeks. And I think KDB is looking really scintillating at the moment. So I will have a relatively lopsided team. I'm going to have basically one dead striker, one striker that gets like one minute a game, which is uh, going to be Gerhardt or Gellhart, and then going to be really strong in the attack with Salah, Kane, and KDB in game week 34. So that's my plan. I'll be taking a few hits to get there, but I'm really going to go for it, Bucks. And like you said, like I have nothing to lose. Like at this point, I just want to, you know, go all out, try and get top 10 K. If I don't get it, that's fine. I'm going to be somewhere in the top hundred K, but now is the time to uh, keep trying to ride this wave. Yeah. And I really rate this move because you're being aggressive. You're not sitting on your laurels. I know we had discussed, uh, in offline about potentially rolling your transfer or going Ivan Tony and Jacob Ramsey in a more sideways move, but you're being bold. I love how you're getting in on Bruno early. That kind of feels like me getting in on Ianacho, except you're definitely going to be starting him. Uh, so you won't be a dope like me. Um, <laughs> I'm who are you going to captain this game week? Are you going to stay on Sala? Are you going to maybe give it to Bruno? What's your thinking? You have kind of going to have some heavy hitters to choose from Kane, Sala, maybe Bruno. Now, who are you going with? Yeah, I think I'm definitely on Harry Kane. I think that he is looking in absolutely great form and his propensity to find the right pass as well as take some shots. Um, he hasn't actually had a goal in a couple of matches, so I think he's going to be hungry for that. So maybe he can uh, get on the score sheet with a goal, but I think he's right now, he just looks like the most informed player in my view. Uh, I think he's returned in seven of the last eight matches. And even though they're playing a Villa team that is you know, relatively talented, 
they are again they're kind of on the beach gerard has been trying a lot of different lineups and tactics and hasn't quite worked out so i think i'm gonna go with harry kane but i may switch to bruno at some point if i really feel that uh, everton are even more of a mess and so that, that, that if they make that transfer it's gonna be a tough one it'll go down to the wire for me but all right thank you for letting me uh diatribe i know this is uh this is very useful for me, obviously, since I'm going to go for one of my highest overall rank finishes ever. So I appreciate the listening here, Bucks. Let's talk about your team. One free transfer. What are you thinking? Yeah, so I have one free transfer and 0.4 in the bank. And I honestly have real lack of ideas on what to do that could really move the needle. I feel like if I am for sure skipping free hit 33, that I should roll the transfer. I think that will give me maximum flexibility to attack free hit 33. However, I'm not hundred percent on that plan. I know I was just telling Brian how much I liked my idea that I incepted him with free hit 33 followed by free hit 37. The problem is I need, I really need points now badly. So I, I can't really wait until uh, free hit 38 to potentially claw back 20 points. The season will probably already be set in stone with my result uh, by that point in time. So I need to use my free transfer. I'm not going to couch it with any uh, pretty flowers or anything. I kind of screwed up. I should have saved my bench boost for 33. And then I would be looking at a very different uh, appeal of rolling the transfer, setting up really nicely for 33, then kind of ditching all my, my expensive players on my bench, Brian, like you've already done. Um, so right now I'm thinking that I'll probably do a very sideways move, maybe go Broja down to Gelhart or even Veghorst down to Gelhart to free up funds. Uh, it's not sexy. It's not exciting. Um, there are some other moves that I could make. I could go bring in a player like Madison for Saka uh, while also, you know, taking a hit. I could do uh, something like bring in. Some- no me gusta. No me gusta. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's moving off a player that's in form with a double game week for another player that's in form with a double game week. It's not really a great short-term move. So that's yeah. So I'm bucks, at. I have your, I have your team pulled up here. You have a very deep squad, right? And so I think it it is a point in time where we're obviously we've used our bench boost chip so we can start to thin out our squad a bit. You know, having one really solid first bench slot is helpful because there will be a rotation. But I think that honestly, looking at your team, if you did want to try and make a big move to get like a Bruno or to free up some funds, I think that moving Veghorst, who you've said looks like absolute dog shit, Moving him on to Mateta at Crystal Palace, so that would be 5.2 million. That frees up about you know 1.3 million in the bank for you to make further upgrades elsewhere. So a move like that could work out because we're seeing Veghorst not get any chances, even though he has a double in 33. Crystal Palace will double in 37, right? And you're going to probably use your free hit in 36. So it's good to have these cheap doublers that you might want to play later in the season. So you're kind of trading a doubler for a doubler, but you're freeing up over a million in funds. So that could be interesting instead of moving off of Broja, who again, depending on what you're going to do in game week 33, he has a double game week. So maybe he does, um, you know, find a, and he'll be rested in one of those and he'll be rested. So again, it's tough to predict his minutes at the moment, but given that he's such a young player and still evolving, at uh, at Southampton, I could see him. You know, he's he did play 90 minutes this week versus uh, versus Leeds, but uh, just just food for thought there. I think that you know, Sun is an ops absolutely on fuego asset, but you could try and try, try and move him on. I think that 
finding somebody from, you know, even looking at Martinelli, like if you could go vague horse down to Mateta, I think you might almost have exact money to go Martinelli to Madison. So just uh, some things that tinker live that I, I see in your team that could really help shore it up for the double game week 33 approaching. I like that idea of making two moves. Would you think it's worthwhile if I'm going to skip the free hit to make two moves and take the minus four now, or should I just make that kind of very sideways, uh, you know, budget attacker to even more budget option, uh, leave both options open that I could take the hit next game week, potentially with some double game weeks to kind of cushion the blow. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to make a take a hit for a Leicester player who is going to have three double game weeks and from now until the end of the season, like that kind of makes sense. I know that you have both, you know, you have you have some mid price assets in the midfield with Kulu. He's 6.2 or 6.3 Saka 6.6. And then Martinelli's going to probably be 5.3 or 5.4. So you have some assets that you could probably upgrade one of them to get the likes of Madison. It's just who. Right. Uh, I, I think that Saka probably is the one to own from Arsenal. So maybe moving Martinelli up could be the move. But again, hard, hard to say. But I think that if you're going to take a hit, you want to bring somebody who you're confident in playing this week. Madison does play Crystal Palace, which I think obviously they had a great showing, but they've tend to be more open and more of an attacking matchup. So you could see Madison getting points in that one. So uh, just just food for thought for you. And I think you'll, you'll have to have a tinker. You have a deep team, so you don't necessarily need to take that hit. But if you are, you want to bring in a locked in starter uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's really the issue. My team is honestly my team is finally in a place where I actually love uh, the squad that I'm rolling out game week in, game week out. And that's a bad place to be when you're not happy with your overall rank, because I finally feel like I have the right alchemy of players. I have the right assets from Spurs. I have the right assets from Arsenal, the right assets from Liverpool. However, for sure, I've already made a ton of bad moves earlier in the season leading <laughs> up to this point. So um, I, you know, I want to FPL bucks. Yeah. It's frustrating. I want to be chasing a top finish. Uh, you know, last season, my first season, I got 13 K. I think realistically I'm chasing a top, 100k finish this season so i just need to make the right moves at the fringes uh to achieve that i'm trending the right direction at this point in time but you know we've always discussed i i like to have stretch goals and my stretch goal uh has been kind of tracing down a little bit at this point in the season but i don't think a top 50k finish is outside the realm of possibility with two chips remaining in my two free hits so i just want to be intentional with the moves i want to bring in players i like watching Madison definitely fits that bill, whereas Bruno Fernandez doesn't. So uh, that's giving you a little <laughs> bit of a preview of where my mind might be at heading into double game week 33. Yeah, completely fair bucks. I mean, if you can get a top 100K finish, that's really respectable. I've only actually done that maybe three times in six years. So it, it's still a very respectable rank, especially that we have eight and a half million plus managers. So I think that should be your, your realistic stretch goal right now. And then anything you know, that you finish below that will be a win. So um, you're, you're in a good spot. I think looking at your team one more time, you, you are so deep. You don't need to make a move this week unless you want to do something like super aggressive, which again would be like, you know, bringing in Bruno or bringing in a, a player that may, like even finding a way to get like KDB in or something crazy. But I, I think you're good to just roll and then maybe take a hits, make three moves for that double game week and, and shore up your team for 33, where there's going to be more opportunity for points. 
Yeah, that's that's really what I'm thinking. And last point on this before we wrap up, I'm going to be captaining Youngman Sung at the current point in time. I had it on Salah for the longest term, but I just feel like Sun is in great form. Uh, he has two consecutive double-digit hauls, and he's finally hitting the back of the net with purpose. And I just feel like everyone's going to be on Salah. I need to be different. So uh, I'm sorry, don't curse me, Egyptian god, Egyptian god king, Mo Salah. Have mercy on one bucks as I captain the Korean sensation, the K-pop all-star, Youngmin Sung. Oh, man. So I might be removing one of my favorite players, and you might be captaining him. This does not look like a good game week for us to be watching footy together. I actually want to bring the listeners a little bit behind the curtain right here. Bucks is taking his lovely little daughter to Paw Patrol live during the time that his captain will be playing. He'll maybe catch the first half, but you'll be driving into Manhattan Bucks and you will be missing your captain playing. I- I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> Come on, bro. You never heard of the subway. We're going to just be jumping on the subway like real New Yorkers. We're just jet in there, go to a very painful experience on Saturday afternoon. And then uh, I can't really be having as much fun as I would like to, not just because I'm a responsible dad on Sunday, but because we have our first swim class and I will be in the water. So I cannot be punishing the <laughs> swim instructor by having to rescue myself as well as monitor the safety of my two and a half year old daughter. So I think with that, Oh, come on bucks. We'll, <laughs> we'll just get you a little, we'll just, we'll just have a couple beers in the morning. We'll get you an espresso martini to level you out and we'll get you in the pool. We'll put the, the water wings on your daughter's arms and on your arms and you can't fail. Uh, floaties will be in uh, high demand on that <laughs> Sunday afternoon. I did used to be a lifeguard bucks back in the day, back in my high school days. So I could be on the sideline a little tipsy and still probably save you if, if it uh, comes down to it. God, I'll be in a really bad place if I'm relying on drunk Brian to uh, dive in and save the day uh, during your, <laughs> your short vacation here in the city. Uh, I think with that, we could wrap it up really successful Double game week 31 for both of us, getting green arrows. Great to see so much engagement in the FPL Blues podcast Super League. We are now just one regular game week away from entering the all-important end-of-season cup. Uh, So that's where if you're not having a great season like me or you're even lower in the standings than me, it is possible, ladies and gentlemen. You can reclaim glory by winning the league cup. Uh, and that's something specific to kind of get back enjoyment. And there will be a lot of double game weeks to chase for points in that span. Uh, thank you for listening. Follow us on social at FPL blues podcast, and let's get some more green arrows going into a regular normal FPL game week 32. Thanks a lot, Bucks. Thanks for tuning in to all of our listeners. We'll catch you on the chats and best of luck in the upcoming game week bucks i will see you irl in new york in a few days see you yeah can't wait see you at the black horse pub everyone hope you can make it Mm -hmm.